Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative focus game and give our thoughts on it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And joining us this week is Josh. How's it going, Josh? Hey, it's going good. Good. Uh, some people who have followed us may remember he was on our first of, assumingly, three Near Automata episodes, which were coming up on the one-year anniversary of, which will obviously release the second episode then. Um, but this week, we are not playing that. This week, we played Devotion, a new game from Red Candle Games, who made uh, Detention, I believe it was about two years ago at this point that that game came out. Something like um, that. Yeah, so you can pick up Devotion, their new first-person horror game on PC. Normally, you actually can't right now, though. Um, It would be about $20. We'll get into that a little bit later, though. Duncan, walk us through this game. What I'm going to do instead of walking you through the entire game... through what the game is. (laughs) So Devotion is a uh, first-person atmospheric horror game. Um, It is very much like a game uh, you might have heard of called... PT and the way that you are walking through uh, the kind of the same memories or apartment over and over again, but with a couple different twists. It's extremely surreal. Um, it's pretty emotional. It's honest to God a hellish nightmare at points. And uh, we're going to delve into the vows of each member of the family that they've made and witness their devotion. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> and that is, was that straight from the Steam page before? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I added Ooh. some little twists and turns in there. Ooh, just kind of made it your own. I like that. Yeah, I was honestly wondering. I was like, is he literally just making this like whole steam pitch his own? <laughs> I mean, are people going to pick up on that? No, it's okay. It's okay. No, 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 no. He made it his own. He made it his own. Um, before we get into the story um, and kind of going through it, I, I wanted to kind of um, give some spoiler-free thoughts and how we all felt about it, because yeah. I think this is another one of those games where when it is back on sale, uh, on sale in Steam, I really, really, really strongly recommend people go play it. It's two hours and change, maybe yeah. close to three hours. It's not long at all. It's only, like I said, only about $17. Um, it is ostensibly coming back sometime in the near future. Um, but how did you guys, how did you just feel about the game generally? Not getting into any specifics, we'll get into all that later, but just to give people an idea of where we're coming from. Well, I'll say that the game took me uh, three hours, for sure. You guys told me two and a half, and I was like, all right, I'll bang this bad boy out. Be nice and quick. It was three hours. Come on. Well, you got stuck on all the puzzles. That's all I'm I saying. I did get a little stuck, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. I wonder how you guys actually did there, because I was walking back and forth a little bit and a little confused. But I will say that I really enjoyed this game, and that is saying a lot coming from me for sure, because uh, I am not a scary game type of person at all. Like, not in the slightest. I've bought probably, like, five scary games in the past year and played an hour of them, like, cumulatively. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know so, that feel. Yeah, to to say that I actually finished this game is saying a lot. Like I truly enjoyed the the small contained experience it was. Well, and you're usually not a story games person too, right? Like, yeah, no, I normally just play straight up like first person shooters, uh, multiplayer games. Yeah. That's pretty much what I stick to. Yeah, yeah, you're one of those core gamers. I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. Core gamers. Yeah. yeah, we're over here, you know. Art house, you know, we're the the um, oh, how you say um, we're the cerebral gamers, you know? Yeah, we're the cerebral. Mm. Yeah, um, Jesus I, Christ, I hate it. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed this game. Um, 
I love horror games. Unlike these, uh, well, wow. like good I, horror games. Like I, I don't did know. not know that. <laughs> yeah, I love I love those spooky games. Um, they have to be like somewhat psychological based or like emotional or based on some kind of story. It just can't, you know, just be the jumps. It's no like Five Nights at Freddy's shit where it's like, oh, this is all this does is scare me. It's got to have yeah. something. It's got to have some core to it. But I love the uh, the feeling I get from a lot of the uh bits and parts of a lot of horror game stories and this was just like kind of just right up my alley with the uh, general atmosphere of the um the kind of like at home horror thing that i really like because when i close the game out and i turn the lights off and i go to bed and i close my eyes (laughs) just mm, mm, wisping away into that sleep those eyes bust open and think about those mannequins and uh I don't know why I like that. Maybe I should see a therapist about it. Yeah, I don't know. Really, you yeah, have some problems, but it's good. It's yeah, good it makes me feel have. alive or something like that. And you know, like we're all, you know, we're all, um, we're so comfortable. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I think we just want a little exhilaration. All right, all right. What'd you and you I are coming from maybe a little bit different places in that respect. <laughs> that um, I'm, I'm much more like Josh. I, I. I like horror games because I think they can be really interesting and I think they can create a really cool atmosphere, but they scare the shit out of me and I don't (laughs) do well with them at all. Um, But this was another one, much like Soma, much like Doki Doki Literature Club, much like Detention, where the horror aspect of it was, you know, there and effective, but really I think the, the draw, like the central story itself, the characterization and everything was able to pull me through all of that. Um, And I ended up you know, loving this one much the same way that I love Detention. If you played Detention, you kind of already know what you're in for for, for sure. a lot of the same but stuff. But it still feels so, like a new game, though. Yeah, it's a totally new game, but you could, you know, if you put them side by side and I played through both of them, I'd like, oh, yeah, the developers had the same sort of idea of what they wanted to do, right? Tell this kind of, like, supernatural story that was really focused in on, like, emotional and historical things. Yeah, and, like, if you're worried about the, the horror aspects of it, um, know that the jump scares, I would think, I'd say, are about, like, um, mid-minimal. Uh, there's, like, a couple hard ones, like, one in the, the very beginning that I think was, ooh, it hurt. Real good. Real good. <laughs> and um, there's only, like, one or two more afterwards, and I don't think they were as, like, shocking or as, um, as like, grab grabbed as... Uh, some horror games are where it's like actually hard to play because it's so much you know what i mean um i think this was was kind of light on that aspect of it but it definitely never uh heeds on the creepiness that's for sure like the the atmosphere Mm -hmm. it's very scary up front i think at least again not being good at horror games but that drops off pretty quickly and it starts to be just like like duncan said creepy and atmospheric but it's not like scary so if you if you can handle a little bit of horror you can get through this game no problem yeah do it with a friend turn the lights on make a couple jokes you'll be fine make some tea just have a good time make a night of it you know yeah good um and josh you had a little bit of a different experience playing this and i want to get into that a little bit later um but i do want to maybe just kind of go through the story at this point um we're just going to give a brief story summary kind of like we used to do just because i think that's the best way to talk about this game because the storytelling is non-linear and it would be very difficult to 
step through scene by scene with this one because we would be all over the place and it would be confusing for everyone, most of all us, and we would do a very bad job of it. Um, so because the story takes place kind of over a couple of different times, I think we're just kind of give it to you how you would understand it after you had beaten the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, so do you want to describe how you play the game and kind of like the the loop of things, and then we'll get into the actual story summary? Yeah, sure. So general gameplay here. Um, it's a first-person game. Uh, I, I said walking simulator, simulator the other day, and these two guys did not like that. You wouldn't be wrong I, to, to I, like would reduce be wrong. it. No, because, like, if we're talking, like, reductively, yeah, it's a walking sim. I mean, there's a couple things you can interact with, but... I mean, there's puzzles, there's horror elements. I I don't agree with walking sim. I mean, a walking sim can be a horror game. Yeah. Well, okay, whatever. We're being reductionist, that's fine. You walk around, you interact with things. So, in general, I mean, yeah, you're walking around, it's a first-person game. I would almost say you could liken it to an old school point point and click game because what you're actually doing is walking into different environments, different time periods, all based in the same apartment, right? You're going through the life of a family, the general story there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're literally just walking around clicking on like highlighted points of interest. Uh, Getting yeah, that's 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 really the main game yeah. loop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean I, would, yeah. I wouldn't really say like it's an amazing gameplay wise. You're not coming here for the gameplay. You're coming here for the story that it's giving. The uh, you're you're coming for the experience. Yeah, Duncan likened it to PT at the top of the episode. That's largely because, um, like Josh had said, you you know you start the game at an apartment, leave, walk down a hallway, and walk into you know a different door, which is the same apartment, but I believe it's like five years later, and then mm-hmm. you walk into the door again, and it's one year later. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of like that. That's, I would say, the main crux of it is the entire thing takes place in the same apartment throughout various time periods. And you're kind of going between them, solving puzzles like planting things that will then grow in five years and change something at a different time. Um, but it is, I mean, you know. Yeah, like grabbing fish that, eyes. Yeah, grabbing like fish eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, just normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, and so that, I think like that Like the Marvel puzzle. Yeah. The marble puzzle. Oh, yeah, there's like a, one of those little fun marble things you like tilt around in it. I don't have any idea what those are called. The like wooden Boy. things. The Boy. old school games. I bet someone's just on the edge of their seat just being like, please talk about the creepy family and all their antics. Stop. No, that's the secondary nonsense. part. You don't, you don't <laughs> need to know about the family. Not even important to the story. Honestly. All right, let's talk but about the physics marble of marble games. <laughs> so the thing about marble games is you got to know where you're going. Absolutely. Um but yeah, Duncan, do you want to you want to talk a little sure. bit about the actual interesting part of the story? Sure, 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 sure. So, um, you play you're playing as a guy named Feng Yu, who is the dad of our story. If I just say dad, it's Feng Yu. There's only three characters in this game. Um, <laughs> your wife, uh, Li Feng, is an actress who stepped away uh, from her successful career to watch after her uh, daughter in the household and then Mayshin is the daughter uh she has very promising singing talents and she loves her parents and doodling and she's just a regular like um how old is she like six Ooh, something like she's yeah. a little girl she's, she's a little young at this, yeah they never at, really give her in 1980 she's or seven she's like seven. i think she was in like second or third grade in one of the things and yeah so anyways oh yeah yeah yeah, so um, 
<clears throat> and the main character who we're playing, uh, he is a uh, screenplay writer who, uh, you know, had a little, saw a little bit of success, and we'll learn kind of more about his his trials throughout the story. So we're playing from the uh, father's perspective. So the game kind of like opens up with this conversation that he's having with his wife about his his daughter and then he looks at his own hands and they just kind of start shaking and then we like enter into the nightmare zone so it's very normal at the start of it and then it's just like it's just some absolute shit so we're not going to go through like like Alex said the parts of the game that are um you know, the actual game because it's just mostly walking around doing puzzles. So we're just going to give you the uh, laid out story because um, if we, well, so the I, this is the shitty part about giving you the laid out story. I'll tell you this is that the story is told in such a way that makes you think a lot of things are happening. Mm-hmm. And then it often twists your perspective of it and, really really shows you around i was describing the story to uh someone and they were like okay but why is it interesting and it's like well Mm -hmm. it's how it's told that makes it interesting so yeah this is gonna do it a huge disservice but i don't know of a better way to do it (laughs) i can definitely agree with that i started explaining this game to somebody at work today and i literally just like stopped halfway through and i was like this is just no (laughs) dude what kind of wild (laughs) what kind of co-worker do you trust enough to be like listen i played this taiwanese horror game okay (laughs) and uh i don't know i don't know there's one cool person person at work okay, okay. i talking <laughs> that's fine um so i'll i'll get this started and then i'll popcorn off to somebody else so um Ooh, popcorn style nice. oh yeah we're doing popcorn style we're doing popcorn style so mation um uh, is in a singing competition uh that is uh, the same song that i i actually learned this that i think her mom sung in a singing like the same I think thing it's like the title track to her mom's breakout movie yeah, yeah. So um, the daughter is is singing, and in this large competition, it's televised, and uh, she loses by one point. Dang. Dad must be so disappointed. Uh, because then what happens here is Mei Shin gets sick. So they take her to the daughter, and um, the dad is doctor. told- They take her to the doctor. What did they I say? To the doctor. Oh, daughter. oh what? <laughs> they take Mei Shin to her daughter, okay? Uh, and- <laughs> thing uh the dad is then told that his daughter is having anxiety and panic attacks and uh that there's nothing actually physically wrong with her so this is a perfect example of like when the game tricks you uh, into thinking something when it's not so um for so in the beginning it talks about like the sickness or you like the the daughter is represented by this doll often so there's a scene where you pull syringes out of the doll and like you're like oh man what kind of like dark twisted sickness does she have it's like oh she has stress and anxiety oh yeah but this is you know again not revealed till much later and it's there's hints of it and it's one of those great things where you're like oh wow this makes perfect sense everything fits together really well but it you know Mm-hmm. When we explain it, it's, oh, yeah, she has anxiety, and that's how we know now. Um, other thing to mention real quick is that this game, since it takes place over the course of a number of years, a lot of these events don't seem to have, like, a very clearly, 
um, communicated date that happens with them. So this is our best understanding yes. of the order of how these events happen. If we're wrong, I apologize. You just kind of need don't to know me. all the events. Don't though. at me. <laughs> don't Do at not. Me. No, no. I will say that even you explained the game in that way right there, where you started off by explaining the sickness part and how she was, you know, actually just having those anxiety attacks. I mean, this game is so fresh in my mind that, like, saying that first was almost like a, like, I, I understood that, that she was sick, but it was just anxiety. The doctors didn't want to give her any medicine because it wasn't an actual sickness. I understood that playing the game, but... Just you saying that even like right here, because the game is so fresh in my mind, was like almost like a revelation. Like it's like because these the moments from each room to each room and each time to like mm-hmm. throughout the whole game are just it's almost like uh, what's that movie uh, where like he's going. He like writes all over him. Memento. Memento. It's almost like Memento for me, because it's like he's going they're going through all these different times and it's hard to relate everything together. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, just saying that, hey, she's having anxiety and panic attacks and there's nothing physically wrong with her is glossing over the entire section of the game where they spend time trying to figure out what's physically wrong with her. And we get, you know, information about how she was taking all these pills and everything. Um, right. That we're kind of doing nothing. Yep. Uh, I'm about so, to again, popcorn you in a second here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll popcorn somebody. Uh, so then what happens once uh, Dad hears this news uh, Fenyu decides he's not going to accept his daughter as a lunatic. So that's his reaction. And that's the guy you're playing. So, like, that feels <laughs> cool. good. That feels really good. Um, so we kind of learn throughout this that that Fenyu kind of has some um, unrealistic expectations of himself, his wife, and his daughter. Um, <laughs> popcorn Alex. <laughs> um yeah so we get that information um then again and this is where the uh, another spot where the timeline gets kind of confusing for me personally um you know thing you decides hey i have a way that's not you know this traditional medicine that we're going to try to get our daughter better because she's sick um and essentially involves going to a cult is kind of the word but really it's more of like a spiritual healer um mm-hmm. in pretty big air quotes um that worships um siguguanian yes. i'm positive how- i'm not doing no. a good pronunciation I mean, of that but that's so, what i was saying not linguistic yeah. like not like yeah that's what i mean like i i did not yeah. listen to how it was pronounced very closely um um and then you know this this god represented throughout a lot of the game um, through these stories of a snake that kind of brings forward a lot of their um, healing abilities, more or less, for the sake of the game. It, it's a lot deeper than that. Um, and so this father starts taking going visits there, praying, giving the spiritual healer a lot of money, doing what she asks. Um, and throughout the course of this, his daughter stops showing symptoms because she was having, like, trouble breathing. She's having respiratory issues. And, like, these were the basis, you know, her anxiety, her panic attacks, things like that were the basis of these issues. Um, and it's hinted at that a lot of the reason that she gets better at this time is because her dad is taking her out of doing really stressful things and spending a lot more time with her. So she starts feeling better and is obviously saying you attributes this to the fact that he took her to this religious, you know, spiritual healer. Um, but because he's doing this, um, he's not having a lot of success as a script writer at the same time. And obviously, um, Lee Fang, his wife, is no longer, you know, being an actress because she's taking care of people at home. And he's spending a lot of money on the spiritual healer. Um, 
you know, because every time he has a problem, no matter what it is, he goes to her and tries to get some sort of resolution via that. So they're having a lot of money issues, which starts to build a lot of tension between the family in terms of, like, not really, you know, the wife wanting to, to do different things and the wife wanting to, like, help and go back to acting and the father, you know, in a very traditional, like, this is the man's role to make money and take care of his family. Like, you don't need to worry about this. I'll do it. Um, and it causes... Um, couple of scenes where we get like a lot of really uncomfortable and very intense arguments between the parents that end with I would say it's reasonable to say the father being really shitty yeah um and in a, in a really uncomfortable way and from there I'm gonna say popcorn Duncan wow I feel so honored that you'd skip our guest Jeez, how <laughs> fucking rude it would how have been awful. a difficult pop how it would have been awful. a difficult popcorn for a guest. <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. This is my fine. one. Everybody gets one. All right, all right. So um, as those money problems are getting worse, we are um, heading into what I call the sad zone. And no laughs in the sad zone. We're crossing the sad zone. Um, it's just giving it all the gravitas it deserves with the name like the sad zone. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Feng Yu, the dad, is told by uh, this woman who runs the uh, kind of Sigu Guanyin healing center, I guess you could call it, uh, gives him this, like, these instructions to um, lock his daughter in a bathroom and have her his daughter bathe in a tub full of alcohol for seven days and that yeah. she would find her way. Just, um, like, very specific wine concoction that he has told how snake to make. Wine. Snake wine. Snake wine, yes, which I don't know what that is. So, yeah. Um, Me neither. So, uh, somewhere in this, I'm thinking I, it's definitely before this event happens. It, yeah, it's, I think shortly prior to this. Maybe actually even a little bit. It might be like a couple of months prior to this. It's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, Li Feng has decided to leave Feng Yu. Um, was it before? I thought it was after for sure. Okay, this is gonna get confusing. It, it, yeah, <laughs> there's no, I'm there's no point sure arguing it. It it happens at some point. She either leaves him or is killed by him. That's up to your interpretation when you play the game. Um, and then Mason dies in the bathroom. Uh, it's pretty obvious that would happen either from starvation, dehydration. I don't know something uh, absorbing a lot of alcohol through your skin, which you're not supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. So um, then we get like this is like the end end game. So at this point, you've really pretty much almost put this all together, and you are walking through the. Um, I think this is where the uh, Siguanyan healing place was, and like she just dipped. Like she ditched out of the uh, out of the apartment that she was in, or yeah, the center is. she was in. So, um, and then you find a tape recorder of several calls between uh, the healer and other people, being like, "Hey, I did everything you said, and she's still with him. What's the deal?" Or like, "This ancient talisman you gave me did not keep my grandfather alive for weeks. He died like in five days. What's wrong with you?" Um, I want a full refund and you kind of learn of the nature of this, um, of this healer, uh, that everything was pretty much just a scam. Um, so once, once your character kind of realizes this, um, you get this really, really surreal scene of your daughter kind of running away, um, 
and it's like all a white space and then there's trees and books and it's playing this like amazing song and just like yeah man but, but <laughs> i didn't know any way else to describe it other than like it's just really surreal it kind of like it's not scary it's just like very um a white space and it, imagery and things like it's very away afterlife ish um and then uh she kind of gets to this playground area and then half turns back to you and says let's go home daddy and uh, that's how the game ends now like popcorn colby wow. popcorn i mean popcorn josh popcorn josh wow, wow. say the end okay. say the end oh oh the end i don't know yeah so quickly now, now describe the after credit scene which was three and a half seconds yes uh so the father's just watching tv yeah <laughs> that's, that's good job the father's got catching up on game nice. of thrones he's just sitting there watching his rerun watching uh, the countdown three months or something yeah um, yeah, so that's the, the very last scene we're treated to is the father in, like, a destroyed, you know, apartment watching an empty TV, mm-hmm. um, which, static. from my understanding of it, I, I think implies that, you know, all of this game and all of the horror stuff was happening inside of his head because he just killed his daughter and has lost his mm. mind. Yeah. Um, that it definitely feels that way when you think about the two scenes that are in the sunlight, the beginning and then towards the end again. Mm-hmm. And then the after credit scene definitely feels like that. Yeah. So that was the story summary. I'm not going to lie. It's rough to do on a game like this. So at this point, you're still good to go play the game, I think, because we missed a lot. We, we missed went through so it much. very quickly. We did. We, mi- we we skipped a lot of details. Even even I was like already at the white part. <laughs> like the daughter's already walking away. What about yeah, all other I mean stuff? there's there's a really good scene where you were like go through this spiritual ceremony and go to like the you know go to hell and walk around and then confront like your inner self. But also ostensibly none of that actually happens. So right. we didn't want to put it in this story summary because this was just like hey this is as <laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so that was the story as a whole um again like we said earlier i don't want to go to this in nauseum but like this story is just so different when it's told uh in that different format so like there's a lot of scenes that inform you of what's actually happening uh within uh you know the the story as a whole that i think benefit from just like talking about them just to kind of give you an idea of some of the really cool symbolism in the game or like you know or some of the scenes. So I want to just do a quick round robin and uh, see what you got, how you guys felt like what maybe, I don't want to say your favorite, but just one you want to share, you know, one you want to tell about, talk, talk about. So I'll, I'll pass it off to whoever wants to catch it. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, one of my favorite scenes has got to be uh, a little bit later in the game. There's a time when you're actually in the eyes of your daughter. You're in Mation's eyes and you're in one of the, bedrooms and you look through a hole in the wall do you guys remember the scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yeah this is <laughs> this is honestly one of the scenes where uh, the story started to make a little bit more sense to me because up until this point you kind of didn't understand what was it making everybody so unhappy at least i didn't understand why everybody was so unhappy what was some or what were some of the you know some of the reasons as like why was this all going on mm-hmm. so anyway you look through the hole in the wall 
And what you see is your father. And you do not see many human figures figures in this game at all. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff is just like, you know, looking around the environment. But you look through the hole in the wall and you see your father sitting at the desk and he's reading a reading a letter. Um, turns out that that letter is from uh, it just says from a friend, I believe. Right. Um, I don't know specifically what I think it, it is. says from a friend. I don't think it's from anybody professionally. But yeah, the letter says like, hey, just want to let you know that you've you've submitted your screenwriting plays like two times and they've been denied both times. You really need to look at another profession. Mm-hmm. And I think that really just clicked in my head. He, he looks at it. He shoves everything off the table. He throws the table to the side. He walks to the other side of the room. Super, super quick scene, right? But how much does that say about like everything that like was going on? Obviously, in, in the beginning of the game, you have all these awards. You see awards. You've seen screenwriting awards and everything. Everything's cool. You know, you're a good good yeah. writer. It's all good. Family's happy. Yeah. Well, it, that, was, it, it was better. It, it was better. It informs what's going on, you know, very strongly. You kind of get that like emotional gut response. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So things are going pretty bad pretty pretty quickly. bad and i think i needed that at that point because everything was kind of up in the air yeah and i mean he's totally like your the thing you that you're playing is like super it's he's kind of delusional in his you know in his like walk arounds and it comes as far as like the text descriptions like in the beginning of the game you have to put stuff around the house from a box and he's like ah yes my awards i will put these on my shelf and like very like Mm -hmm. the text is like kind of um like boasting about his abilities and it's kind of like interesting to think about him like imagining that or like reliving that thinking that he is that and like ugh. Yeah, then you get, um, as you're picking up items, I think this is something really interesting, not a specific scene, but, um, like, you find, you know, various pictures or letters or bits of paper, uh, and one of the things you consistently find throughout the game is, like, discarded scenes from a script that ostensibly you wrote, and they do a really good job of mirroring, like, what is actually happening and, like, the fucked up stuff going on with your family and the issues you're dealing with with, like, the idealized version and way to fix it, the thing you have in his head, because the script is always about, like, this perfect family that has struggles, but they always come together and they always, like, love each other and the child is always happy and healthy and is, like, trying to, you know, find a way to help, you know, repay their parents when they're older and the parents always have a way to get through these struggles, whereas, you know, very, very, very much that is not the story you're getting you know, in the actual game that you're playing through. Now that I just explained that scene, like everything in this game is so simple, but it's just the way it's presented to you. Yeah. Like really it's, it's good storytelling. Duncan, do you have a yeah. scene you'd like to go through? Um, yeah. So I, I'm really stuck between two. There's one okay. I like, I can because... go instead. Cause I have one that I don't want you to steal. <laughs> Okay, go for it. <laughs> I thought the same thing, which is why I jumped on it so hard. <laughs> I was just like, please, okay, let me just take, say this one. Yeah, if you take one of mine, it'll be nice, but we'll see. Yeah, so in terms of storytelling, like I don't think this one informs the story as much as some of the other scenes, but I do think it was a good um, encapsulation of the type of storytelling um, that you get in this. So in this particular section, you're, you're hearing a lot about how um, Mation is sick and has been kind of cooped up in her room and isn't allowed to leave isn't allowed to like do anything so she's really depressed no <laughs> <laughs> no go ahead i'm sorry Duncan does not like no go ahead no, I, no it was just, I it was just my thing 
one of the two. You said you had two. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, no. So, um, you know, you find a note that basically says, hey, Mayshin's been really disappointed in her room. Like, can you go read her this book? Um, you know, read her favorite book to cheer her up. And so you walk into this room and, you know, have this book. And there's, you know, you kind of, like, put it down reading to a doll. Because most of the things you see in this game are dolls. They're not actually people. And this game, which up to this point has been, like, this is still somewhat early on, depending on the order you do things in. It was early on for me. Um, the game has been pretty creepy with a few jump scares here and there. And the atmosphere is, like, really dark and grimy and, like you know, unsettling the entire time. And you put down this book and it like changes to kind of an overhead view. And then the game becomes like a 2D side scroller set in the world of the book where you're playing like this, you know, little character. And, you know, it's not like a difficult platform or anything. You're not doing anything crazy, but you're just like going through this, this story of this daughter who is trying to find Mm. a seed to like make it sprout so she can heal her sick dad. And like, Mm. as you're going through this, you run into various scenes and like, overcome certain obstacles and every time you do like you overcome these like you know various animals blocking your path you get a really good like voiceover of the dad explaining what's happening in the story and then Mei Shin like coming in and saying like oh well why did this happen like oh you know that bear's gonna be stuck there forever right like oh why do they have to eat these other animals and then like colors over it with like her solution that makes everything fine for everyone and you actually get that drawn out in the book and it's like such a stark difference between what you have outside of that it it kind of takes you out of the game entirely and gives so much weight to the relationship between daughter and father that just i mean you were told existed previously but you were never really shown um and that was you know just kind of going through that and hearing meishin and hearing fang yu and just hearing them interact and have this like really touching moment was probably the most impactful moment in the whole game for me in terms of like giving weight to everything and and the storytelling and the style of it was just so unexpected that it completely blew me away let me ask you something about the end scene there um so at the very end of that little 2d side scroller the daughter cries right and she cries into a a seed and the seed Mm -hmm. grows because there's no water um, I literally just thought about this. Yeah, but I mean, is do the does the crying like symbolize like from her tears like something will sprout? Like I don't like I didn't think about that at all. But I was just like because the father is like pushing her so hard and she's having like such a hard life and she's crying. Uh-huh. Um, like does that mean like from her s- sadness maybe like something else will sprout? I don't know. I could see him um, interpreting maybe? that like that. But I'm not sure. I don't know if that's too literal. I, that just popped in my head. Yeah. I think it's I more like. I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it to me, it just struck me very huh. much as like what's at the surface of the storybook of like the daughter crying and her tears sprouting it because the dad realized his daughter is the most precious thing in the land, which was yeah. apparently the only thing that could make the seed grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do kind of like that and like the duality of that interpretation. Yeah. I like that, too. That's a good. That's yeah. a. That's a good. That's a hot take. I like it. Hot take. Hot take. Fresh hot take. off the presses, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Now that I stole yours, um, do you have a different scene you'd like to discuss? Well, I have two more, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> the one is not allowed to get angry. Okay. All right. One is really. One is really short, so I, I can. I can do both of them. Um, the, the first one that I just like, it, it took me a second playthrough because it happened so early on. 
um, you um, you get like a completely black space, but all that's in the center is like your TV and couch. And mm-hmm. you uh, go sit down and you like watch part of the uh, part of the competition, which is important to note that like, which is just so fr- fucking cool. Like I love it so much. Is that the competition? plays that i you know talked about in the very first the beginning of the story summary is like actually filmed like a live tv show in the 80s and it's like Mm -hmm. it's so well done and i found myself questioning i was like was this made for the game or is this like an actual old tv show that they just found no it's made for the game because it's in the credits too like all the actors Mm -hmm. involved in it Mm -hmm. like all the people who worked on it which is amazing um so uh, then you turn around to see this family portrait that you see so often, which is like always scary because the dad's head is just like cut off by the neck side. Like it's not <laughs> cut off in the picture, but like he's, you know, he's too tall for it essentially. And it's just like black painted out. Um, yeah. And then you walk towards this picture that's, that's relatively far away. And then the translucency around Mei Shin, like, begins to uh get more and more translucent and behind her you see uh uh Sigu Guanyu like a statue of Sigu Guanyu and the music kind of like changes to be this like you know um more ritualistic ritualistic music. thank you ritualistic music and then like you turn around and like ha huh, that's weird i'm going to head back to the tv and the scene is changed because it only triggers if you are close enough to only have your camera inside of the portrait and now you are like in a tiled small square space and there is just like red liquid coming up and my first thought is like that's some really shitty looking blood cuz that's like <laughs> a horror staple is <laughs> shitty red water is you know blood and yeah. nope, that's not it. Because it, you know, that's a scene that's like, oh, on second playthrough, that was really good. Like that yeah. was so good. Um, no, that's all I'll do. That's all I'll do. It took me a little okay. bit. Okay, so yeah, cool. I really, I really liked that scene on the second playthrough. Like, that was yes, very, very good on second playthrough. I agree. I watched, um, I watched Josh play through it, and at that point, I was like, oh fuck, oh that's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, and I just, uh, man, I think. The other thing I love is just more of a universal thing is just like all of the the themes of like uh Feng Yu's control and stuff like that or his attempts of control over the family mm. or his ideals of like what a family should be. It's just so it's just so telling of everything. I love it. I agree. I agree. All right, I think that that gives a good idea for kind of the types of scenes that we completely left out of the story summary because they don't have a place in there. Yeah. Um, but that was by no means an exhaustive list. There are a lot more. There are a lot that are very interesting um, and really weird. And there's a lot of just like creepy stuff in there too that I didn't really touch on because it always freaked me out. Um, but I think we can kind of get into a little more of the the freeform questions if you guys are, are ready for it. Yeah. And good for it. Sure. Cool. Uh, I want to start off at the top with one question because it was posed to me. Um, this is a question that I kind of go back and forth on whether I not I think there's any merit in talking about it. Um, but I was trying to defend it and had like really weak arguments and was trying to realize why my arguments were weak. Um, so I kind of wanted to pose that to you guys. After having finished Devotion, do you think the story of the game 
was was aided? Do you think the fact that it was a horror game enhanced the storytelling at all, or do you think that it kind of not necessarily detracted, but like, do you think it did anything for it? Because I know there are some people that just won't experience this because they don't do well with horror games. And when I was asked that question, I was, you know, halfway through the game and I was like, I don't know, you probably kill the daughter and it's probably a guilt thing. So maybe, um, but I didn't have like a good answer. And I, I think that's an interesting idea of like, Hey, how did the horror elements of this game, like interact with the story in, in an interesting way if, if they did at all? I mean, was this game even a horror game after the first hour? I thought it was a horror game up until the last 20 minutes when it stopped being scary. But up till then, I was still tense the whole time. To me, I feel like it really falls off. Like, really hard. I I did not feel scared at all for the last half of it. And I don't know if that's like the absolute end-all, be-all definition of a horror game is me being scared. I mean, I think it's more atmospheric. But yeah, I get get what you're saying. Yeah, I definitely feel like the horror kind of, it ends up going to the wayside towards the end, and the story Mm -hmm. takes over. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of the point. I think that's why the jump scares are so forefront in the beginning, is it's the, the terrifying aspect draws you in, because, to be honest, it's like, I think it, what, it's what draws people in. I mean, would this story be all that amazing if you watch the events of it take place in sequence no but i do think there is a, a i think there's a space in between there where you still get the same type of game it just has a lot of the horror elements removed i don't, I don't think so i mean what you're talking about is like a time traveling like like looking into scenes of you know these people and and how you relive it i don't think there's any way to relive guilt or like you know those kind of feelings or you know uh, this i don't think there's any way to relive this character that is entertaining that isn't done through the Mm. like horror lens all right i i think that's fair i do think that is a fair criticism um i mean i don't get me wrong games where you just like walk around and get a slice of life and like slowly unfold a story but not much else happens like extremely my shit so that's maybe part of the reason why i was into that um, yeah. The idea of like removing some of the horror elements. I guess my my main concern was largely just like, hey, there are a lot of people that will be so put off by the fact that it's a horror game, but it's really like very like like you said, it's stacked at the front with horror elements, and then it like peters out. And I do think that the back half is a lot stronger than the front half. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't, and and I I guess I want to make sure that it's like clear that the I don't personally feel like the like beginning few scares were really necessary mm-hmm. but i think it's it helps market wise draw a lot of people into a game mm-hmm. they probably would have never tried gotcha. i will say it definitely got me into the game definitely got me excited yeah um, i mean it got my heart a pumping and i always like that <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I I was honestly like worried that the game would uh, continue to be like that, just jump scares, uh, like all the way to the end. And if that was the case, uh, this game would not be nearly as good. That is for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of this game is about false perceptions too. Is it's just like, you know, about the story, and I think somewhat about you know some of the some of the like mechanics, or I don't want to say mechanics, I guess, but like themes and uh, feel. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, 
I think the one point, I will say the one point when the horror aspect, like, I think did not work for me at all. Um, towards the end of the game, there's a scene, like, pretty close, like, 20 minutes from the end of the game, where you, like, finally make it into the room, or, like, you make it to the door that you've been trying to open the whole game by, like, collecting pieces of the past, and it, like, loops you through the same hallway a couple of times, and Mm -hmm. then you turn around and you see, like, the demonic figure of your wife who's kind like, not been chasing you, but she'll show up every now and again, and usually she'll just, like, charge at you really quickly, um, and then, you know, it's like, oh, never mind, she wasn't actually there. Um, but this time she chases you and you like run through a bunch of doors and a bunch of hallways that look the same yeah. trying to get away from her. And it's like a so puzzle. Here's, here's the, the only thing. time in the game. So yeah, here's the thing. You like run through a bunch of these doors and at some point I'm like, this all looks exactly the same. I think I'm in a loop. And then I was like, oh, this is so smart. What the developers are doing is saying, like, you can't run away from your past. You have to confront it. Mm. So I stopped running, and I turned around, and I said, all right, let's do this. And I walked towards the, like, demonic interpretation of my wife. And then she eats you, and you die, and you start over. And I'm like, oh, well, huh. All right. I didn't know well, that happened. You That's got me there. That, that, one, that one wasn't what I thought it was. I know the answer to this puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> turn around and just die. Dude, I love the I hate those JRPGs where you gotta die. Like that's the intention, you know? That yep, that's what I thought this was. Mm-hmm. And but you gotta admit no. though, you gotta admit though, the end of that scene is good though. Where she's like where, crawling so, towards you in the elevator? Yeah, because she like essentially she like she's all demonic and scary and creepy. Mm-hmm. And then like she just transforms in some way into like a regular woman and is like mm-hmm. crawling and you can kind of tell that she's like please help in a way and you're just kind of like nope 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 fuck this the elevator the elevator <laughs> it's, yeah it's 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 some powerful imagery at the very end yeah and i think that was the moment where like for some reason i i, I couldn't in my head rationalize that that was that the like spooky demon lady was my previous wife like i don't know why i couldn't process that so it was well, kind you of a only big see them. for me. Yeah, yeah. you do only see them as their normal selves, each one once, right? You see your wife there crawling towards you in the elevator, and then yeah. you see your daughter. She's sitting on the bed. Only yeah. only once do you see them normal. I think that's true. Yeah. And then shortly after that, you also get the really powerful scene where you get like her you know, walking away to another elevator, like holding an umbrella, which, again... I have seen interpretations of, like, that is her dying and, like, you killed her. I don't subscribe to that interpretation necessarily. I think it's much more like that is her leaving because she talks in, like, various, you know, for lack of a better word, recorded messages about how she is, like, planning on leaving. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the, like, I think also the, like, white light that surrounds her and everything like that is it's, like, it's kind of representative of her stepping away and like you know the fact that she walks past you and like is just no longer part of any more of these scenes i think is representative of her cut off from you yeah how did you guys feel about her character in general do you have any like overlying thoughts because i thought it was like there's a scene in the middle where it talks about like you walk back into this kind of open space between the three different time periods and you get a scene of like her talking to I think her mother-in-law or her mother or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. Yeah, and and the 
basically it sounds like she is thinking about running away and you read a letter from her mother or mother-in-law that is basically her saying like oh i hear you're thinking about like moving back and like running away and like just so you know that decision will haunt you forever and you know how rumors spread and people won't like you and you know just because he's being shitty doesn't mean like you should run away from it you can figure this out like let you know bedroom problems stay in the bedroom and yada 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 and like when i initially got that i was like wow this that's a fucking shitty thing to say to a person right um but i do think like there is potentially a a a, an actual criticism to be made of her character because she just decides again in my interpretation she decides to leave and go back to show business ostensibly to like get enough money to then come back and bring her family somewhere else but she does this when her husband is like engaging with like a fake spiritual healer that's making him do like rituals on their daughter it's like i don't that's a bad time to leave i think i don't know what you're talking about dude she just leaves yeah but that's like i don't think i don't think she's leaving with intentions to come back i mean she says that in like one of the radio things right that is potentially some reasons but like so if she is not potentially leaving to come back if you like take that one instance where she says that and assume that that is not true then that's even shittier. Yeah. I think she's one of the most interesting characters, honestly, in the whole thing. She seems like uh, She seems like one of the most poorly affected characters. Early in the game, you see a note of her and all of her uh, like due diligence, everything she has to do on a daily basis to take care of her husband and her child. She seems like she's trying very hard to be a good mother, even after leaving show business, leaving her dreams for the family. And then all this stuff starts going down with her, with the husband. Uh, well, I guess it all stems from the child being sick. Mm-hmm. Well, does it though? Now I'm now I'm confusing myself because, <laughs> like, because the child is sick because she's depressed. She's depressed because uh, bad she's an- more anxious, and I th- I it's kind of hinted at that maybe there's more, but I I don't think she's depressed because their marriage is bad. I think she's anxious because she's being pushed so hard. She's uh, being push pushed so hard, and her, like, she has to listen to them argue about everything, yeah. you know? Well, the yeah. first the first part of her anxiety is because she's being pushed so hard. Because we have that scene where we um, where she says she doesn't like to sing, and sometimes she just likes to sing in the closet by herself. And, like, they yeah. make her sing in front of strangers. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the mother seems like she's trying very hard, but maybe I'm... Also, not taking into consideration like how much she was pressing the daughter, and yeah. that's not cool. But I mean, I think the mother is definitely under a lot of stress. I mean, I think that she is in a shitty relationship, and that I think that the father is like maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally abusive and controlling. Yeah. Literally, everybody's under maximum stress. That's the thing. And yeah. and the but here's the thing though is like it's everyone's. It, obviously, the daughter is innocent. But it's kind of both of their comeuppance to like create this really, really bad environment for the for the child. And it's like what my gut reaction was after you you said that, Alex was like, "Well, the mom should have taken the kid." But like, I don't hmm. even know if that would have been that much better. It probably would have been better because she'd probably be alive at the yeah, least. Yeah, I think it probably would <laughs> better. But actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal that one. But yeah, I mean, still, like, I, I guess, like, I don't know. It, she's both of them 
neither of them are blameless or like fully blameful and it's like very i don't know it's fully it's really interesting but i mean so on that point what instances of the mom being like a bad mother or a shitty partner do we really see well i don't feel like we see really a lot at all like what do we see like we see her wanting to go back and follow her dream no 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 no. i i just meant like i think she was more the source of the pushing i guess originally but maybe not i don't know i yeah i guess i don't know if she is pushing her daughter really hard i know that she is the one that has like her daughter thinks she has to live up to because her mom was actually a star also and i think it's what kind of shit is getting making your daughter sing the song to your movie like i don't know i think that's <laughs> a little that's a little egotistical but maybe that's really i don't think she's making her sing it because there's that scene where they play the record and she says like this is one of my favorite songs mm. of moms, right? Doesn't she say that when yeah, she's singing in the bed? Yeah, but like, listen, when I was six, anything that my family was was really into, like, I'm down, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true. But then maybe it's May Shin's choice to sing that song I used to because she's country. so down, you know? Hey, that's up to your interpretation. <laughs> hey, this podcast, it's not about ideas or opinions. Hey, it's all up to you to think. We're not here to mm. think for you. That's yeah. That's and we're not here to line. think either. <laughs> we're not here. Is it society's fault? <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to say it this whole time, but also I do not live in Taiwan, so it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy that you at least allowed us to have a long pause where there was nothing after I yelled, "We're not here." That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, no, but like also the society thing's an interesting turn because I don't know. I I don't. I tried. I tried so hard. I wanted to start a new segment that to to say Duncan Duncan Dunky knows a lot about that. Like Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that in a Netflix series. Doesn't have got the name down yet. Yeah, I don't even have the name down. Yet. I was gonna workshop it if I was gonna learn anything, and I wanted to do like a session where oh I like God. I like school somebody or you guys or you know just Alex on a fact or something like that that is but related to the game that is you know a real life thing to learn. But I didn't figure anything out that I thought was very applicable. Um, so anyway. Yeah, go ahead. If, if, if you're, to your question, is it all society's fault? Um, I think there's evidence in the game that the answer to that is yes. Um, from the very first like little grade report thing you get from um, Dumatian's teacher when you know she turns an assignment and says like, "Ah, Daddy, help me clean my room," and the response is like, "You should try cleaning your own oh, room next yeah. time." And then. Mm-hmm. You know, the very crucial, and they reference this a number of times, the, like, one-year-old birthday celebration thing where everybody puts out different objects to represent careers and see what the baby goes toward, and then everyone's really invested in that. And, like, you know, it's stereotypical to be like, oh, Asian parents, like, push their children really, really hard. But, you know, from everyone I have talked to, that's true. So I do think there's a very heavy cultural norm to, like, there's just a lot of pressure put on kids. Mm -hmm. I know there's, like an enormously high burnout rate of like children in Asian countries because they're pushed really hard. So I, yeah. to your question of, is it all society's fault? Kind of. Yeah. Kinda, I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, even, kinda, yeah. even dad's yeah. favorite photograph of Mei Shin is, is her playing piano. Like, and his like other favorite memory is of her singing in a competition. Like, you know, I mean like, it seems like 
the guy's very fixated on, you know, her success. Yeah. In the screenplay that he writes multiple times, he mentions, are you going to be able to support us when you grow up? Like, yeah. It's I don't know. Fucked up. I'm six, dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even she says, "Like, I want to support you." Doesn't she say that? Yeah. In one of the screenplays. She, well, I guess that's him yeah. saying that. For, yeah, that is him yeah. making the perfect child in his mind. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even like there are some. I think uh, there's some source from her, from the daughter, of like just saying, "Like, I want the fan. Like, I want everyone to be happy," kind of thing, too. But mm-hmm. that's different, though, than, like, wealth and, you know, support. So, I guess it's my turn to ask a question. Yeah, why don't you pose a question to the class, Duncan? Uh, that came off really aggressive. Uh, I didn't mean to. My bad. Uh, what, what do you think the representative the representation of the... I gotta go! <laughs> uh, I, no, but for real, though, um, I'm part of the kimono here. I'm looking at this list. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know if I really... He's part of the kimono too much. Our list is not good this time around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay. This is something I actually wanted to talk about and bring up. So, like, the name of the game, it's devotion. And this is going to be a very like English essay ass question, but like, <laughs> I think the the theme of devotion is present super often within the game. Um, do you think it went like? two levels of like okay we get it you know what i mean or do you think it was a theme that like stuck around in a comfortable way like what do you think about the theme of devotion in general too like is it in context of this game it's a it's kind of a like a i don't know if it's kind of a non-starter question like so let me let me let me say this it's an english essay ass question and my ass loved english essay ass questions so i'm <laughs> okay. into that <laughs> all right uh, and i do i think it was around the perfect amount like i really liked how many ways they layered it in there right like the daughter's devotion to the father, the father's devotion kind of split between his family, his screenwriting, and, like, this newfound devotion to the spiritual healer, which seems to be kind of overtaking everything. Um, Again, like, just when you talk about devotion, it's hard to separate spiritualism from that, and that kind of pervades every aspect of this game. The mother kind of, like, not having the devotion to her family at the end of the game, or, again, my interpretation that, like, she was devoted just not enough to like stick around i i think it is embedded in like every aspect of this game and i think because it never felt too ham-fisted it worked extraordinarily well like they weren't beating you over the head with it it was just built into the narrative and the characters very naturally it it really was like definitely towards the end was the only time that i even thought about the like the title of the game they said it towards the end so it's, it pops in my head <laughs> they, they, did say it towards the <laughs> they end. literally they say it they say it and i'm like oh there's a title devotion um but yeah i did not even think about the ideas of the different characters and how they were devoted to the different things that they were um until the very end and then it like really hit me hard <laughs> yeah, yeah like it's very organic yeah definitely definitely but i mean i don't know where you think Something that I want to ask you guys, do you think the devotion, are they trying to portray it as good or bad? I think a little bit of both, you know? I think the, the like, over um, over commitment to the Seigu Guan Yu, like, you know, is, Guan is, Guan is, Guan is obviously kind of a bad thing. Because it's kind of, like, 
blind devotion and ignoring uh, the problems that are actually at hand. And, you know, his his devotion to this idea that is clearly wrong and not in the way of, like, devoting to a uh, divine being, but, like, more devoting to the idea that something is physically wrong with his daughter or spiritually wrong with his daughter. Um, yeah. And, and that's, like, just such a, you know, the kind of the bad form of that. But then you have on, you know, the other end where it's, like, Maybe it is all bad. Because I was thinking like, is it all bad or was there not enough devotion? Uh, because well, so I think there was plenty of devotion. In fantasy land. This game is you know, there's crazy things going on. There's eyeballs on the ceiling. Like <laughs> You love the fact that there were eyeballs on the wall that you didn't see for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Well like, like the daughter's devotion to the father is like, okay, that's not a bad thing, but it creates bad things because she's like completely malleable to whatever he wants to do you know what i mean like yeah ah but she's like six right everyone is i mean like but that's still devotion like you know what i mean like you're devoted to your family when you are six like yeah Uh. i think that might be the good devotion in the game you're devoted to your family it's just they were not reciprocating yeah i at least not I do. In the same it's way. more like scary devotion. Like that's scary to me. I mean, yeah, it's kind of all bad. I, I, I've, I've come around. I think it's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. I don't think they're saying being devoted to something is bad. I think they're just showing bad examples of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because that's what I was also thinking. Like, were they just saying, making a statement that devotion is all bad? Also, being devoted to getting fleeced by a fake spiritual healer is bad as well. Hey. Um, yeah, that's something we haven't talked about. Yeah. That. I mean, that was. Yo, yeah, let's so save watching. that one. That's let's save that one for them. Hey, there's a really, really, really upsetting scene, and I feel like if we talk about it, we'll uh, get whatever is above the explicit te- thing. <laughs> okay. Super explicit. Gross. Super explicit. <laughs> um, kind of taking a step back. I am. I am curious in and our different experiences because Josh, you streamed this game when you played through it. I did um, stream this game. And that, how do you, how do you feel this game, I mean, obviously you don't know how it was because you didn't play it prior to streaming it, but like, how do you think your interactions with it were different, right? Because if you stream something that's like, you kind of always have to be on and like, you're, I feel like you're not really given as much time to digest things because you feel this pressure to like move forward. Do you feel like it changed your perception of the game at all? Yeah, and I definitely think it did change my perception. Uh, Going into the game, I definitely thought for a little while they're like should i actually stream this game or should i not because i don't want the effects especially of a scary game to be ruined because i have to kind of split my attention a little bit here i mean i'm in no way uh, like a good streamer (laughs) like (laughs) i I mean i just do it for fun sometimes uh no i i I don't think that's really fair i mean like i enjoyed your stream yeah i actually really enjoyed it just because you didn't have like a hundred viewers doesn't mean. I mean, we're a good podcast, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah, we don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, you listen to all of our episodes. You love it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last one was. Uh... Don't put our guest on blast. Like this, <laughs> no, but but what I'm trying to say is is I think I think you were a good streamer. You should say say your Twitch tag, but also later at the end at the later. end when we promo later, everything later. else. But yeah, definitely it affected how I was playing the game. Uh, there were definitely times when I was trying to read subtitles. Um, 
and I feel like it distracted me. Like maybe I couldn't understand everything that was going on fully. Um, towards the end of the game, I actually missed a subtitle. And I was like, okay, so what is going on right now? Uh, there, there was like a, a ritual going on. And I was like, something you're doing something to yourself. And I was like, I do not understand what's going on right now. Because I missed like four words. So now I'm totally lost. Um, I, I don't know. It, but it, like, I guess it, my question is like, like, okay, if I can, I'm going to recall a moment specifically. Is okay. there's an intense moment towards the end. And one of the characters says the word devotion and you're like, there it is. That's the name of the game. They said it. <laughs> and like at that point I was like glued to the screen. I'm like, my eyes were part of the screen and I'm like, gross. Like I couldn't even think about like making a kind of like a little funny about it. And yeah. I wonder like, do you think that does anything or do you still think you were kind of like processing it the same? I definitely was processing it, but also I do feel like just personality-wise for games like this, I may I may not let them get to me as much. Yeah, that, that kind of seems and like I don't part think of your character. A, yeah, but I will say I feel like it didn't get maybe as deep as it would if I was was not streaming. Sure. You know, I mean, there are certain games where I will definitely not stream them because I want that whole experience to be mine and I want to take that in for what it is. Yeah, this Apex game, Legends. Ap- yeah, Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those games tend to be more uh, feely games, feel-good games. Those are the games that I tend to really want to... Okay, so you want to you know, share your absorb. misery with everyone, but you want to save the feel good yeah, for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Okay. I don't know. I I don't think it affected it poorly, but it definitely made it more hard to comprehend everything, which is why, like, even partly right now, I'm enjoying you guys explaining certain things and going over it. <laughs> and I, and how you said, like, you, you played it through twice. That's new to me. I didn't know you guys played it through twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, half of this podcast is Duncan and I realizing things about games and appreciating it more after talking about it because we're like, oh shit, there was a lot more going on that one of our dumbasses didn't figure out. Yeah, um, definitely. And well, I could we could kind of tell you where you, your comprehension was a little bit looser, which also, to be fair, so is mine until I read a couple more things because we were we were watching you finish up the game and it was just me and Alex and we're like, <laughs> he's got fun, it, he's got it. Come on, you're putting the pieces together. And you're like, uh, so like the snake walk. And uh, <laughs> I'm like just spitballing, trying to put this crazy story together. Yeah. And then, like, I know by the end of it, I'm just like, well, that was not a good description at all. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was beautiful. It was so much fun to watch you try to piece that all. Because, like, we had that experience of being like, okay, wait. What's going? Okay, so that means that, but we did it in the privacy of our own home. So no one could see our face when we were trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's like a super cool experience to watch someone process that information. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, mm. you said towards the end of your stream, and if you don't feel like this anymore, you can back out of it. But you said that you're like, that's it. I thought this would be longer. Like, you're like, wow, I'm surprised at how short this was. Do you still feel like that? Definitely. I feel like the ending came out of nowhere. Wow. Like, what happened? The ritual happened, and then yeah. the ritual happened, and then you follow your follow your daughter yeah. into the light, into the playground, and that's literally it. Wow. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what. It, <laughs> I don't know where it would go. I suppose, but I feel like it just. I mean, hit but and it was okay. Done. So you you. 
I think the feeling of, oh, wow, this game was shorter than I expected it to be is not surprising. And I think a lot of people had that. But did you feel it was, like, too short? Or did you feel it was, like, yeah. this is as short as it should have been? Hmm. I won't that jump down a, your throat. Good, I won't is... jump down your throat. My opinion is very clear. I won't jump down your throat if you say yes. I, 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 okay. You know, now that you've said that. <laughs> that made you comfortable. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck this game! It was way too short. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> they made it three hours, so I couldn't return it. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, um, no, I actually I think the it came abruptly. The mm-hmm. end came abruptly, but I do think the story was complete. Okay, but but you didn't like you didn't feel being like guy. I wish there was just like an hour more of content. Definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, okay. And that might be, and that might be because I was getting bored of the gameplay loop. Yeah, but, definitely. But yeah, uh, you played it straight through, yeah. which is like I, yeah. I didn't want to do that. I played it in about yeah. three parts, which is maybe three two. Parts, really? No, I, I played, played it in two sittings. Yeah, I actually yeah, okay. played it in okay. two. Yeah, so it's the right way to play it, I think. Yeah, you played it wrong, bruh. Sorry, <laughs> you fucked up. I played it in two parts. I took a five minute break. Oh, there you go. That totally counts then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I think we're yeah starting to come up on the end here, but uh, no conversation of this game can be even close to complete if we don't talk about the controversy surrounding why it is no longer on Steam. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of delve into that. Day. Yeah. So this game, uh, made by Taiwanese developers, which is very important, um, and it came out and it was initially very, very positive praise from pretty much everyone. I think when I checked the day after it came out on Steam, it had overwhelmingly positive reviews everyone loved it um but it was discovered at some point like the third day or something that it was out somebody noticed um a drawing in the game which i think is like a religious um symbol of some sorts like a charm something along those lines it Mm -hmm. had writing on it that roughly translated to um winnie the pooh xi jinping moron um, and xi jinping being the chinese president um, for those of you that aren't aware, there was, I think it was a couple of years ago at this point, there was a meme going around comparing the Chinese president to Winnie the Pooh, saying they look the similar. Um, and consequently, because of that, Winnie the Pooh and all content related to Winnie the Pooh was straight up banned from China. Um, Including because... Kingdom Hearts 3, where they just made a big white ball over him, which I think is like... Oh Did my they God. really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was a character in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they just, just had a white ball following him around. Yep. Yeah. His voice was still in there? I believe so. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Yeah. So this came out, um, and the first thing that immediately happened was as soon as it was revealed, um, Chinese like Steam users started review bombing the game, giving it like overwhelmingly negative reviews. Um, a lot of different things were said. There's a couple of clips here that I'm pulling straight from a U.S. Gamer article written by Katie McCarthy, um, basically saying things like politics have no place in a video game and great art shouldn't be um, polluted by politics, uh, which I will say on first blush when I was reading these reviews and like translating them and trying to get a feel for it, my first response was like complete indignation. Like, well, what the fuck is going on? This is bullshit. Like, this game was great. And I just got like very, very mad at the Steam users that were negatively reviewing the game. I still feel that way. 
I still feel that way partly, but I do think this article in particular does a good job of outlining reasons why people might feel that way. Um, there's a long history of why there is a lot of tension between Taiwan and China, with Taiwan not technically being a sovereign nation and a lot of Taiwanese being in favor of sovereignty and some being in favor of reunifying with China. It's a huge thing, and I am not a political scientist or sociologist or anything like that, so I'm not going to get into it. But um, there is legitimate worry from some users, um, specifically Chinese users, that this could have larger blowback. Um, some citing that they're worried that something like this will get Steam banned in China full stop because this is the platform the game came out on. Um, and then there's just a lot of people who felt like people who are in favor of reunification and people who thought that red candle games didn't have like a political stance on it feeling very betrayed because their first game detention was like ridiculously popular in china Mm -hmm. so when i when i read into that a little more i understand a lot more of where the initial anger is coming from that being said it's also kind of bullshit like i think i have said a number of times on this podcast that you can't like politics and art are kind of intrinsically related you can't make games that are telling stories not political and i think red candle games like their last game detention had a lot to do with politics because it was about like a very famous historical event in taiwan so i think that like excuse that politics shouldn't be in games is a little bit bullshit um but you know the kind of response to that was the game started to get overwhelmingly negative reviews um red candle games came out very quickly said like oh this was like a holder piece of art that one of the developers put in there this isn't like our views we've removed it and replaced it already um that did not stem the tide they ended up removing the game from steam under the guise of doing another full qa check and partially making sure nothing else was going to be in the game that was offensive um people then just started review bombing detention their other game which I think is sitting at recent overwhelmingly negative reviews. Um, And it is, I don't know if it's official or speculated that part of the reason that it got taken off of Steam is that the publisher for the game dropped them immediately. And as of right now, you know, they have put out a message saying that they apologize, saying that it was never their intention um, and that they're planning on putting the game back out on Steam, at least in the U.S., but it's not currently out. We don't have a date for when it is going to be coming back out. Um, but you know, I, you know, obviously hearts got to developers because that's like, this was an amazing piece of art that I wholeheartedly believe was one of the best games I've played in the last, you know, two or three years. And like, it just, it's not accessible anymore because of one small piece of art that referenced a meme that was political in nature. And for all I know, they may have strong unification political feelings, but I, or, um, independent political feelings. I don't know for sure, but like, it does feel like, it, it feels like shit that this amazing game and piece of artwork is no longer available because of one small piece of art. To me, as, again, a Westerner sure. who has no basis in that culture whatsoever. Yeah, and I saw some blowback from uh, people who are in Chinese discords, uh, or not discords, I'm sorry, who are giving the Chinese reviews or Taiwanese reviews saying, like, Westerners need to stay out of this, they don't understand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I really feel right. like this whole situation could have just been taken care of uh I don't, I don't know if um, they could have taken care of this more internally. Red Candle Games, I feel like they could have just... I mean, coming from my angle, if I feel sure. I feel like this happened in the U.S., they could have just fired the developer, and then all would have been well. But I don't know if that would have been enough over there. 
I mean, yeah. you also a I think it's a really small team, so firing a developer is like bigger than that. Um, and I mean, something like that of a misplaced object, like uh, a lot of game development teams are not that tightly woven. It's like, who do you even blame? Like, mm-hmm. you can have multiple people touching the game at the same time, and it's like, mm-hmm. whose responsibility was that? You know, and it's that could be super unclear. Yeah, I mean, and it's also, like either take this game off of Steam or we have one of you guys fall on your sword. Yeah. Well, I'm the other thing I will say is it very well may not have been just right. a holder piece of artwork that one developer left in. It may very well have been something the Red Candle game said, like, hey, we all politically agree with this and censorship mm-hmm. is bullshit, so we're going to leave it in. Mm-hmm. I, I do- guess. I don't know. I super don't know that. That's pure speculation. So but. here's my stance on it as a whole myself is I am somewhat within your agreements of your wheelhouse here however i think the difference between detention and devotions political stances is that detention did it in such a way that was art winnie the pooh chinese president moron is not art that's just a statement it has nothing to do with the story at hand it has nothing to do with the game it is just a statement inside of a like a game and it's completely isolated and it has nothing to do with anything that's not if if it wasn't within the context of the game it's not like it's not appropriate to have in there so if it was intentional mm-hmm. i think they did a really bad job of taking a political stance because yeah. i think it's a bad way to communicate something um if it was a mistake i just i always think making that kind of placeholder art as a joke is just never a good idea. Like, it's just <laughs> never... That stuff always gets leaked. Like, it, it, it always... Not gets leaked, but it always gets found somewhere in the files. Yeah. Like, it's always there. It's like, they just never package it right. And, like, I don't know. Speaking from, like, more of a game developer, like, not, you know, I'm not a game developer, but, like, a game development stance, it was a really dumb idea, whether intentional or not intentional. And I think if they wanted to come out and give that political opinion, that was the dumbest way to do it because i think that's just writing those words like it doesn't make me feel anything other than making you seem kind of like intelligible or like i don't know it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like the right way to communicate so as a counter to that and i'm not saying i disagree with you like i don't think there's nuance there yeah um i will also say that like you can't if they wanted to weave the idea of, like, dissent for the Chinese president into their game story, they're, like, they're, they're, that, that couldn't happen. That wouldn't right. happen. Like, the I, Chinese government yeah. currently is not doing anything, but there's, you can't weave that message into this game and then, then distribute don't. it and not have your, like, company <laughs> closed down. Yeah, but, like, then don't. <laughs> then don't do it. Do it. I Spread your just, political ideas in a different way. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that, though. Like, yeah. I, I, and again, I, this instance I don't think was necessarily done well. But I think that if you are develop, and I, I believe that it was probably an accident. I believe it was something. You know, there are developers there that are, you know, pro Taiwanese independence and probably created that placeholder art. But like, I think it's fair to be like, hey, this is the thing that I'm doing that's going to reach a lot of people. I don't have any idea of the like picture that it was a part of and like the ideology behind that is impactful like i just i don't know yeah i know nothing about that and i'm not going to proclaim to but i think it's fair to be like hey this is their you know their avenue to do that and i don't think it worked out and i don't think it was like strong but also we're talking about it now so it worked if they're just trying to get people to talk about it 
Yeah. Yep. And I don't know how it was necessarily portrayed in detention, but for all we know, I mean, we don't know how it is over there, but for all we know, they could be walking on ice already. Uh, maybe this game had a bigger magnifying glass on it due to the political themes and detention. I don't yeah. know. It yeah. could. I mean, it definitely had a magnifying glass on it because just not a lot of Taiwanese games that become big in the West. So, yeah, yeah um, definitely. I don't know. I guess I think that it's very important to have that context. I don't, you know, the strong stance that I'm willing to take without knowing any information yeah. about, like, the culture and everything over there is that, like, government censorship is fucking bad. Of course. Yeah. That, that's about the only thing I can say there. I think the idea that Winnie the Pooh is banned is fucked up, but I think the idea that this game is receiving a bunch of shit for something, like, it's fine to be like, hey, this sucked, but, like, this is obviously not the symptom of a very safe culture of criticism. Uh, so that's yeah. shitty, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. know. I could feel like it sucks. It, it sucks. It's just, yeah, I just want this game to be accessible for people to play. And I don't really yeah. care if, obviously I don't care because I live, in the west like i obviously don't care yeah. but i don't care if it says you know winnie the pooh chinese mora or not like i just i just want other people to be able to experience it and it's 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 sad but also like whatever's going on there i don't know enough about it so if this is what yeah. has to happen i guess that's what happens but you know yeah well i that was felt at this bad point it would be leave. impossible to transition back to the to game. like a happy like ah oh, yeah <laughs> I don't want to like I also super I don't want to like stick that in the middle of our big long discussion about the game I think this no. is you know it's a good ending place point. for it yeah, yeah. um so phew. we're just gonna take a take like a ten give second me, break give me a we'll just go to social media <laughs> okay all right all right we good. Yeah. All right, Josh, 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 yes. Josh, 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 Josh. Is your stream archived? It is. The hey. video is on my Twitch channel. What's your Twitch channel? So, uh, yeah, I streamed this game yesterday on twitch.tv slash jokogames, J-O-K-O games. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's my name, Josh Colby. Short for my name, Joe. Whoa! Colby. Whoa, 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 never... whoa, whoa, whoa! You put your full name out there. You're going to get doxxed now. God, it's <laughs> over. Care. Don't you guys put your full names here? Your identity is no. stolen right now. I've never said this, my this last name. This episode hasn't been posted. Never said your, your last identity. name. But also, my Facebook page likes thoughts from player one, so it's not going to be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> We've also said my last name for sure, so. Yeah, um, definitely check it out, though. Give me a follow, yeah. even if I'm not streaming. I stream pretty erratically, but you know what? Whatever. You should do it more. Hey, I enjoyed as it. As somebody yeah. who watched the whole stream, it was really fun. Yeah. So I had some uh, I had some Chinese people in there or Taiwanese. I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't read their names, but they were in there talking. Yeah. yeah. They were talking about DLC and like if you're out there listening to this right now, I don't think it's going to happen, but I like the <laughs> idea of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's going to be DLC for this game. Some guy Ugh. just fucking lost his mind and thrown books around. <laughs> Shit. It's like <laughs> pure anger. Uh so uh, for us, we have a Twitter. It's Thoughts from P1 is the Twitter handle. We have a Facebook. You can search for us on Facebook. A Gmail. Uh, Thoughts from player1 at gmail.com. That's it. Yep. If you want to yep. send in <laughs> questions for uh, past games we've played or future games, uh, you know, we'll take care of them. 
we'll talk about them um mm-hmm. and or any game suggestions we'd appreciate those too sorry if you've made a game suggestion we didn't play it anything like that if you uh, are one of the people listening and somehow have like a strong background in chinese taiwanese relations yeah. go ahead and just like link us to some stuff to read because i'm curious and don't know what's a good source for that yeah this is a place where you can at me Yes, please do at me about this one. But only. don't at only me about this one. Don't at me about the other things. I don't remember what I said. Don't at me about, but don't. Um, don't. <laughs> um, and that Insta, it. that Insta coming. That Insta is on the dock right now. Huh. I've got the handle pretty much picked out. Just haven't need to finalize a couple, uh, you know, letters here and there, now, and then that Insta is gonna pop right? off. Uh, no, I think there's stories, and we can, yeah. Mm, Josh, you know a lot more about Insta than I do. Is it good? I do, and in fact, you guys just mentioned Insta, and I'm like, oh my gosh. You guys do not know how to use Instagram at all. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We don't. I'm the only one here who has an Instagram account. Yeah. yeah. Can't now, be that hard. Now, now, Josh, do we start a TikTok? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. No, I'm not that no, I prefer okay. to keep my TikTok antics. Uh, do we start a Vine? In a dark room. Ooh. Fine. We can do seven second podcasts. Okay. All right. Here. Here. Let's do a seven second podcast. To leave. Oh what are we going to talk about, real quick? Um. Whew. Give me a game that we've both played. Oh man. <sighs> I'm right. blanking on. All right, guys. Games guys. All right. All right. All right. Let's do a Smash seven second. Ultimate. Yeah. Smash. Smash Ultimate Podcast. Okay. I'm going to do the time. All right. Um. Start now. God, I fucking hate so oh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'll never be upset. I love the game, though. I love it. All right, that's it. That sound clipped a little bit. You guys have to watch that. Okay. No, no, it's good. That's it's fine. good. We want so, the clipping. It really gives it life. Okay. Yeah, that's what gives it its character. Um, and what's our new closer? <laughs> I we don't. Oh, oh, I, I got it. I got it. I remember now. I remember now. I remember now. Oh. All right. Hey, uh, hey, Alex, could you actually, you know, Alex, you don't know how to pick the chilies. Uh, Josh, could you oh, could no. you hand me some chilies? Yep, here you go. Okay. Uh, plop, <laughs> plop, plop, plop. I'm stirring up the chili. I'm stirring up the chili. Hey, Alex, can you hand me a spoon of that? Yeah, give me a spoon of that chili. Oh, that's some spicy peppers. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was chili pods getting hot. Oh, oh, this chili pot is getting hot. Thanks, there everybody. Thanks, everybody. Hey, we're gonna actually play the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know what? Actually, no, no. I'm gonna need radio fucking silence. Colby, can you can you sing us out here? No, it's done. No, Damn come it. on. Let's do it. Bye, Bye now. Bye now. No, 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 no. Come on, just play with me one more second, please. Right now, though, yeah, we're um, it would be about twenty dollars. We'll get into that a little bit later, though. Um, so, 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 here we are. Off there. It's good. It's here good. we are now. Entertain us, okay? <laughs> okay. Honestly, I, I'm trying to think about how your guys' recording like 
usually goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we cut a lot of this part out, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. None of this is making it. This is all editing okay, room floor material. The editing, okay. <laughs> the recording length is actually usually four hours long. It's, yeah, it's about eight and a half hours <laughs> for every 15 minutes of content, and we're still not doing great. So. Okay. Come on. Um, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.